Happy Pride. <laughs> speaking of, speaking of lizards, Happy Pride. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> Thank you for joining us once again on the Delco Young Democast. My name is Mike Deva. It is awesome to talk to you guys again. Joining me in the podcast Obliad here, Pasquale Cipollone. How are you, sir? I'm fine. <laughs> Living my best life. It's going to be that kind of show, everybody. <laughs> Would you like some more? I'm going to knock out what I got here. Yeah, that sounds uh, good. Oh, man, and we're going to edit out all of those sips. No, <laughs> that's part of it. <laughs> Let the people hear what they've come for. Is it too much reality for you, man? <laughs> Is it too real? <laughs> all right. This is going to get weird, so let's just get right into it. Um, that's what I say at the beginning of every Pride Month. <laughs> it's not a month. It's more of a a feeling. A blur. It's more of a blur. It's more of a blackout <laughs> than it is a, uh, yeah. Oh man! <laughs> so we're gonna, we're gonna start off with uh, you know really just a happy fun story. We here in Delaware County are dealing with something called the Mariner East Two Pipeline, which is basically a war crime buried underground. Um, there was uh, a vote. The Democrats on the Delaware County Council uh, proposed a risk assessment, which is basically how big is the blast zone and how many people are going to die when this goes horribly wrong, which it's gonna, um, happy wine episode. (laughs) Um, so they of course had to vote on the uh, risk assessment and that vote failed last week. Uh, my notes explicitly say, because nothing matters. Fuck it, man. I am a meat popsicle. (laughs) (laughs) That joke is just for Brian Hammock. That's uh, my new. That's gonna be my new online username. <laughs> Meat popsicle. Actually, no, it's not. No, it's not. Nope. You may you may want to vet that a little harder, sir. I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna stick with vegan beef. <laughs> <laughs> the reason the vote failed is because basically they couldn't decide if the company they were gonna hire had a conflict of interest uh, because they had done a study for the Midtown Coalition for Community Safety a couple months ago, uh, and the Republicans, of course, freaked out. Uh, they also said it's going to cost a lot of money because they are going to have to pay this company four grand, mm. which, yeah, seems like a little bit of money, but not for like a government. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Four grand when how much has gone missing over the past few years? Exactly. Meanwhile, count the fucking number of no-show patronage jobs at the courthouse that somebody's fucking incompetent cousin has. Mm. And that'll, you know, <laughs> that'll pay for 20 risk assessments. Um. Yeah, the good part is that this is a procedural thing, meaning the idea is not completely dead, but it's still kind of obnoxious that they can't even pass a study saying, hey, are the people that we represent going to die if something goes wrong? Mm -hmm. Um, Which really kind of tells you where the Republicans' heads are at right now. Um, That they're trying to find all of these little procedural things just to kind of like gum up the works. Well, and I think, I'm not, I don't, I can't... I don't think I'm fully accurate on this, you know, but I'm going to say anyway, um, <laughs> the, the initial, the first time they mentioned a risk assessment, I think councilman McBlain, I think is his last name, mm-hmm. um, went back and forth, um, fighting with, uh, Zydek and actually just Zydek. I'm about the risk assessment, um, <clears throat> saying it was biased and that Zydek was catering to his, um, oh, what was it? special interests oh, and i was like yeah absolutely the people's lives are his special interests yeah the, so the people who don't want their children getting blown up in school <laughs> have some more wine before i finish this yeah go for it um the funny the funny part is uh, about mr mcblain there um that there are five people on the county council and the vote ended up two two because uh mcblain had to abstain because his law firm though not him has done some work for sunoco in the past so mm-hmm. he wanted to avoid the appearance of a conflict of interest yeah. which is the first time a delco republican has ever given a fuck about a conflict of interest yeah which there he's that that right there is a conflict of interest like exactly i just to me that's just kind of ridiculous it's Um, absurd um i mean the the number of people that are so conflicted that are like like our upper darby council president 
is also the architect for the Upper Darby School Board. Like, none of them give a shit about mm-hmm. conflicts of interest unless it's convenient for them to, oh. like, shoot down something that the people might actually want. Oh, well, it's politically expedient to be, you know, all of a sudden, oh, it's a conflict of interest. Well, exactly. Um, direct quote from Brian Zydek. We sit up here all the time talking about how appreciative we are of our firefighters, our first responders and our policemen. And we sit here today with an opportunity to do a study that will help them be safe. And we're not taking action, which mm-hmm. really just kind of says everything about which side of the, their mouth they're talking out of at this particular second. Well, first responders is a talking point and it's the only thing that's going get, to keep getting them elected. I mean, the, the, the people behind the ME2, um, to, to stop the ME2 movement showed there was an instance of this happening in California where a pipeline exploded and it is like four times less hazardous than what the ME2 is going to be. And the reason it's hazardous is because it's really a liquid or it's a gas. It's a gas that they have condensed into a liquid yeah, with it's... pressure. And the second a small rupture happens for that to turn into a gas again, it's going to like, we've seen, we've seen what's happened with it already. And, the fact that it runs so close to a children's school and they can't even, okay, have more than one, have yeah. more than one study. Yeah. Like what's Fine. stopping you? What's stopping yeah. you? Like the fact yeah. that, yeah. And that was the thing I, I found another philly.com article from today that was actually taking kind of a different uh, view of the thing. It was talking with homeowners who live in like Middletown and the areas that are being affected. Um, their home prices are down like as much as 10%. Some of them are saying that they can't sell because they're too close to construction sites. Mm -hmm. They interviewed people where it was like running 10 feet from their house through their backyard. And the person who sold them the house never said that they got the easement for Sunoco to come through and dig the pipe. So like they had no idea. And now all of a sudden there's just like a bomb 10 feet from their back door. Um, one of the people in that, uh, Philly.com article from, uh, yesterday or today, I can't recall, uh, said that uh, people are moving out of the one neighborhood in Middletown because they don't want to send their kids to the elementary school that's in the blast zone, like less than a thousand feet from the pipeline. Uh, I want to repeat that. (laughs) Parents are moving out of the Rose Tree Media School District, arguably the best school district in the county, Mm -hmm. because they don't want the school to explode. That... (laughs) It's one of the best school districts in the state. Yeah. Like, and people are moving out of it because they're scared of this thing that we apparently can't find the political will to do a study on to tell us how dangerous it actually is. 650 feet away from the school. I think it's it's less than 650 feet away. And one of the last ditch efforts to try and get anything done for this was that they wanted an odor added to the, to the gas so that people would smell it. And know to evacuate. Yeah. And, and they can't they can't get in their cars to evacuate because the spark yeah. from the car turning on might blow it up. You're not allowed to use so any you just sort need of to, electricity. So you just need to... No electric wheelchairs, so you mm-hmm. gotta carry grandma. Like, mm-hmm. you just gotta fucking hoof it, which is ludicrous. So well, at least we would like some advanced warning. Well, and the, and the worst part about the, the odor thing they tried to slap on is they were like, well, the people buying it in, I think it's Sweden or whatever, yeah, uh, some in country in Europe... They were like, oh, well, it's going to make the plastic smell funny. Oh, I'm sorry. Okay. Well, then we'll just bury 30 people and the yeah. plastic will smell great. Yeah, let's blow up a bunch of kids so that your Tupperware doesn't fucking smell weird, which it's going to in 20 minutes anyway, as soon as you put, like, tomato sauce in it. Just, yeah, it's... I, I just can't grasp why there can't be more than one risk assessment. If they're if they're afraid it's going to be biased, hold it anyway. Like, let, let's, let's learn some more information about yeah. this. Do three. It's 12 grand. Like, that's not in the grand scheme, unless you're, like, one of the people in this room. That's not that much money. Yeah. I'm <laughs> like, pretty sure the people in Delco will be fine with, um, you know, paying 12 grand to make sure that whole neighborhoods don't get blasted. But Yeah. And it's... It, uh, Jesus. <laughs> it's also in a form of environmental racism. Yeah. Yeah. Because there are people where they can't you know they can't afford to move out of a lot of these neighborhoods mm-hmm. and it the only reason it's getting so much attention is because some of the neighborhoods that it's going through are you know wealthy majority white neighborhoods which is kind of a shame yeah. but you know the people in marcus hook have been dealing with this shit for ages and oh the same you know, news to them yeah. yeah since they're poor nobody gives a shit but the second it goes through like middletown and fucking you know <laughs> 
Chester County, like people suddenly are sitting up straight. Like mm-hmm. this is news. But you know, the good news is if the home prices keep fucking dropping with bombs 30 feet from people's front doors might mean you and me might be able to <laughs> buy houses living on the edge see they say millennials can't buy homes just put a pipeline next to it exactly. and then i'll move in and i'll smoke yeah. a cigarette right while i'm sitting right on top of the pipe just put it out be like come on today's the day it's probably fine <laughs> it's probably fine yeah i mean it's it's sunoco so there's only like a one in ten chance it'll be yeah there's only been a hundred 20 some odd safety violations so far just in the construction there's definitely no chance that'll happen in the operation real the one real estate agent that they uh interviewed for that philly.com article uh said that there's basically no way to know how bad home values are going to get until the project is complete which is funny because there's no completion date announced for the mariner east 2x which is the next phase of the Mm -hmm. project so this could literally go on like until Sunoco runs out of money. Ha ha, get it. Mm-hmm. And meanwhile, all of the people in all of these towns have to just deal with this shit. And after ME2 is done, um, there's already plans for two more pipelines to run alongside it. And it's just, in it's actually just insane. Um, yeah. And as a reminder, this isn't even going to like the refinery down in Marcus mm-hmm. Hook where like people locally would get some benefit for it they're putting it on boats and they're sending it over to europe somewhere i mm-hmm. i don't remember i think you said it might be sweden and it so. might be somewhere else where they're going to make plastic out of it so we don't get like any benefit from mm-hmm. this whatsoever we get a couple of like you know jobs at the port of chester but briefly yeah yeah temporarily yeah. we get temporary jobs that are they're actually not even from here a lot of the vehicles that have shown up to these locations are um from southern states they're not even from pennsylvania and where they're used to dealing with more petroleum Mm -hmm. stuff and dealing with materials like this but now now they all have pennsylvania license plates so it's like okay same people different license plates we get it like they're all really from texas yeah the area code on your car door still says louisiana yeah stop remember when the hurricane hit houston and there was that refinery that flooded out, and they had to evacuate like three miles around it because the shit was so dangerous. Mm-mm. Yeah, that was a thing when a Hurricane Harvey hit uh, down in Texas. There was a uh, there was a refinery where like when they lost power and the place flooded, all of the safety devices failed, so they had to evacuate. I think it was a two mile radius around the thing. Remember the time those solar panels turned off and a five-mile evacuation radius had to... No, that never happened. That wasn't a thing. Are you sure? Yeah. Isn't that what Three Mile Island was? It was a bunch of wind turbines that... Yeah, uh... yeah a bunch of birds got stuck in a wind turbine and they... A, they... a bunch <laughs> of wind went through a wind turbine and... Yeah, and then you couldn't breathe and people died cleaning it up. <laughs> but like... Uh... At the end of the day, the county put... had a chance to do a better job and... It should be an issue that's not partisan, and sadly it was, because really the votes should. are down partisan lines, and there's no reason. There's zero reason for it, and the county should be ashamed of itself. Yeah, they really should. And, you know, like I said up top, this is not the end of this. Mm-hmm. It was a procedural thing, so it's not like they're saying we can never do this, which I wouldn't have put past them, but thankfully there is still a possibility of this getting reintroduced and you know if it's just a matter of finding another company that hasn't already done one of these things Mm -hmm. and is experienced and knows what they're looking at you know (laughs) then so be it but you know it's not going to be it's not going to be the end of the fight thankfully and i'm glad that we have people that are on county county council now that are willing Mm -hmm. to fight we need to get a couple more of them on there in 2019 but at least we have somebody that's there to at least put these things forward. Yeah. And we have people like um, Eve Mayari. I always ruin her last name, and yeah. it's awful. <clears throat> You'd think my name. I would know how to say <laughs> on, a five-letter name. Paisan. Come on, Paisan. <laughs> hey, um, but people like Eve that have been super active, uh, not even just in Delco, but in Chester County and helping mobilize yeah. people around it. And I mean, that's how I learned about the pipeline. The first time I met her, she was giving a presentation about how it was oh, dangerous, cool. um, which is really funny to think about now or like being like friends and everything. I'm like, do you remember the first time we met each other? I came to a meeting and you basically told me how dangerous everything was. And I was like, wow, okay. Um, <laughs> We're all going to die. I want to be besties. <laughs> and I'm like, absolutely. In this fight, 100%. Um, 
yeah and luckily we have people like her and we have people in middletown and everything that are concerned and i mean we saw what happened with standing rock and that even spilled yeah surprise exactly like they said it was going to yeah um and people keep saying hey by the way this is gonna blow up and i mean it's just kind of like what happens do we wait for it to blow up and people get hurt and properties damaged and because there's no chance with the path this thing has to take there's no chance that if something goes wrong it's not even really if when something goes wrong somebody is gonna get hurt badly Mm mm-hmm and you know <laughs> if they're lucky that's all they're going to get is hurt exactly and the fact that it could very well be a bunch of kids or like an entire you know subdivision of a town mm-hmm. or like worse <laughs> it's it's a dereliction of duty if they don't you know go through the due diligence and yeah. make sure that this thing is as safe as possible and that they've planned for every contingency planning for every contingency what is this (laughs) using logic yeah or just don't fucking do it because it's not going to get us any permanent benefit well that's the thing and i feel like honestly i feel like the pipeline would be fine and and I, i shouldn't say fine the pipeline i think someone at this point in the game people would be a little bit more understanding if it just remained a guess acceptable risk like there's there's a level of okay it's actually getting us a benefit if we you know, if we're doing just natural gas or we're doing mm-hmm. something that somebody locally is going to be able to use. Yeah, like if it powered homes or something like that. Exactly. And again, even if it just was gas and not condensed into a liquid, I think that'd be so... I think people would be much more willing to hear out that idea that like, oh, if it burst, it would just leak gas and people could leave. Like, But the idea of the pressure just causing an explosive yeah. effect is it's, just ridiculous. And it's, it's, <clears throat> it's pressurized to something like what? 1500 psi or something like a that. number that doesn't even make it's sense to a mind box yeah your car tires are blown up to like 40 psi yeah. <laughs> and they can kill you when they blow up yeah. so 1500 psi like it's it's the thing is, i can't even say definitively it's so dangerous because we don't know because we didn't do a risk assessment mm-hmm. all logic dictates that it's dangerous as hell yeah. but nobody knows like why would you go ahead with why would you even approve something in the first place if you don't actually know what's going to happen and what it's going to do and what the effect is going to be on you know thousands upon thousands of people well we'd have to see what kind of deals were made to get those easements yeah i mean go through the county (laughs) and that unfortunately you know (laughs) is something that we'll probably never know because they're you know, <laughs> this was a couple of years ago before there was anybody looking at it. Mm. And it's, 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 there's no federal work to be done here because it's just a state project. The state <clears throat> department of environmental protection has decided that this is all fine, which is insane to me. Um, but they've decided that this is good to go. So the only hope that we have is, the local and the county level and the municipalities basically have their hands tied unless the county decides to do something, which, you know, they're trying. Some of them are trying at least, but All right, hold on. Can you give me your address? I have to text it. Yeah. So the state party is going to come and drop off some literature here. Okay. And I'm going to put it in my car. That's fine. How's it going working for the state party anyway? (laughs) So, yeah. So um, I actually really love it. Um, Cool. It's it's very interesting to see um, how the state party operates. And in running a coordinated, I think the Democrats across the country learned a lot of lessons from the Virginia elections. Um, just in case anybody listening doesn't know for sure coordinated campaign meaning oh yes so um pasquale here <laughs> I'm, <laughs> I'm working with the coordinated campaign now here in delaware county um and coordinated means that we're going to be helping make sure that we get from senator casey all the way down to each individual house race elected um so in Delaware County, when people knock doors for Jen O'Mara and Kristen Seal and Zabel and everyone, they'll also be knocking doors for Tim Kearney, Mary Gay, John Fetterman, uh, Governor Wolf, which, by the way, I love so much the fact 
that like it's going to be Fetterman and Wolf because that combo to me makes <laughs> almost no sense. It's like the but, com- complete odd couple. Yeah, yeah it really it's, is. It's insane. It's like your professional Gmail account and then it's like your personal <laughs> Gmail account. And I was like, this is so funny. Yes. Um, yeah. So the coordinated campaign basically is going to try and make everyone's lives easier in the county um especially Wait, the that'll candidates. be nice <laughs> yeah like it's really refreshing that the state party's stepping in and they're like hey we want to have a bunch of volunteers and like a, a base ready and it's all about party building um which for me i think is actually what i genuinely like like yeah, yeah the individual candidate races are fun but getting people active and involved and making sure they stay involved is what matters more um and that's what we're hoping to do this year. So I'm pretty excited. It's a lot of work that I didn't expect because, you know, I got to force people to help me. <laughs> yeah. Have, have you been able to? I know before you came over today, it was uh, phone call time. It's a lot um, of fun. Yeah. Have, how's, how's it? Have people been receptive uh, when you've <laughs> spoken to them about the uh, coordinated? Or? Well, I feel like people ignore me because I have a New Jersey cell phone number, um, <laughs> even though I live in Delaware County. Get on that um, Google Voice, son. Um, so I just got Google Voice <laughs> thanks to um, a friend. Um, I, I won't name him. <laughs> we all know him. Um, but yeah, he showed me Google Voice and he was like, okay, put in media um, or put in like media PA. And I was like, oh shit, there's two numbers. So now I called three people that answered and I got them. They shocked them because I was like, hey, you know, I'm with the coordinated. And I feel like they're like, oh, damn it. They got me finally. <laughs> um, but like six, like when a jersey number popped up, I think it was so easy for people to ignore it. Exactly. And I feel like I'm incognito with a media number. Yeah. Yeah. Anytime I'm I'm trying to call somebody locally, I try and use the uh, <clears throat> the 267 number that I got instead of my, my jersey cell phone. Yeah. But yeah have you been reaching out to just like committee people or have you been reaching out to kind of any numbers that you got like the whole the whole pile so yeah so what we are doing is um i mean i so every county varies um and delaware county is a very most of the people listening to this understand Delaware County is a very interesting <laughs> and unique place it's what my friend Vince might call a horse of a different feather mhm yeah, something like that. Um, <clears throat> let me just... We, we love it here. <laughs> Let's... Uh... Just, I wanna, hold on, I want to make sure you get... Yeah, let me... <laughs> um, for you. Thank um, you. Yeah, so Delaware County is very interesting um, because from a political uh, point of view, it's very... I want to say tribal and because I feel like the people in Delaware County, especially committee people, they can tell when you're standing in front of them and you don't know what you're talking about and you're not from here. And, um, it's almost like Delco don't take kindly to strangers. Um, you ain't from around here, are you? Yeah. Boy? They're like, you don't eat off a Wawa trash can. I don't trust you. <laughs> and that is one of my talking points, by the way. I'm like, I've eaten off of many trash cans. You know, I, I, <clears throat> I, I, I oh, I'm going to call myself out a little bit here. Like, I'm not from Delco. I think I've maybe eaten off of a trash can once. <laughs> Get out of here. But yeah, I've 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 lived here. I lived in Havertown for like two years and then I moved to Philly and then I've been here three and a half years again. So it hasn't it's not like I'm a lifer or anything like that. But I think I've gotten involved enough, like both in politics and just in the community mm. to know like what's going on. But when somebody tries to pull the whole, you know, you're not from here. I've been here 40 years. I know how it goes. I'm just like, well, I kind of don't have a rebuttal to that. Yeah. It's, it's very interesting. Um, and especially like there's certain, there's more committees, there's committees that we're more familiar with versus yeah. others. And, and my, you know, like the state committee race put, the state committee race, my time as a Bernie delegate and, you know, us being involved with the young Dems put me in a position to where people have heard of me. Yeah. So it's a lot easier for me to go to meetings and say, Hey, this is what I'm doing now. And they're like, Oh, okay. Whereas someone from out, like, like I, I have never been to a committee meeting in Chester. I cannot go down to Chester and say, Hey, I need this done. Like help me. No one's going to yeah. respond. And the people in Chester <clears throat> are wonderful, but they're, you know, they have their own issues to worry about. Yeah. They're kind of taking care of their business, just like pretty much every com- committee is taking care of their business. Yeah, like I couldn't go to a Radnor committee and like yeah. the Radnor committee. And I mean, I if I did, I'd have to pull strings and be like, oh, I need, you know, like Elaine Schaefer, like because she's yeah. from there. And I'm like, oh, I need your help. I need to get in. Yeah. Um, 
and yeah, so you, you kind of need to either know people or you need to have a, a track record that goes before you. Um, so yeah, so luckily that's kind of been my plan is, is reaching out to committee people and, and kind of explain to them like the deal, because people, when they hear coordinated and that the state party's involved, sometimes they don't, they're like, Oh God, here we go. PA Dems coming in telling us what to do. And it's yeah. not that case at all. And yeah. It's actually really exciting because we're coming in to help and yeah. and I'm glad that they <clears throat> picked you because you have been so active locally. And in you, They just picked you the most the Delco bastard they could find. <laughs> They're like that man's wearing a tank top, eating off of a trash can at Wawa. He's ours. That's the one. <laughs> Is that wine? Op- Is that wine in his travel cup? Absolutely. <laughs> Did he just open that beer can with his teeth? <laughs> and they give stayed man, in. Give that man a raise. <laughs> and they stayed in. Oh my god, he's a field organizer. I can see it already. <laughs> Oh god. I'm actually really excited because we're supposed to get two more field organizers. Yeah. And it's kind of like I mean, because it's Pride Month. Um it's kind <laughs> of like when, you know, RuPaul's like I'm bringing back one of my girls and I'm like who is it? Who's it going to be? Um And it's never it's never the one you really want, but it's always somebody that's like pretty good. <laughs> it's someone that you can rely on. It's not your top 5. Exactly. Um I shouldn't say that because I do not know who it's going to be and I'm super excited. Um, <laughs> there are people that I know, though, that have have tried to get it. And then, you know, they're like, oh, my God, it's these many hours. No, thanks. And I'm like, live in this with me. <laughs> live in this eternal political realm. If I have to do this, then you have to as well. Exactly. <laughs> if we burn, you burn with us. <laughs> That's actually a delightful segue into the other uh, <laughs> news article that I wanted to talk about. Uh, <laughs> We've started our first official um, Hunger Games. Thank you, President Trump. <laughs> I, hope, I hope District 5 wins oh, in Pennsylvania. Man. We who are about to die salute you. <laughs> um, all right. So there was a Huffington Post article. Damn, the wine's happening. Huffpo. There was a Huffington Post article. Uh, soon I'm going to sound like Ariana Huffington. <laughs> like, oh, <laughs> she's I got thought, a weird accent. I she's a perfectly say, lovely person. I thought you were going to say soon you're going to sound like Ariana Grande because I think that your voice is amazing. <laughs> it is so smooth. I can't pull off the high ponytail. Yeah, sure you can. <laughs> sure you can. You might look like that dude from Mortal Kombat, but hey. <laughs> Take what you can get. Nailed it. <laughs> Nailed it in one. <laughs> um, anyway. It's a lot of cold opens today. <laughs> At least a dozen. <laughs> um, Greatest hits. Each, <laughs> each, each individual story has its own cold open for now. It should. <laughs> but um, the Huffington Post article uh, entitled The Right Wing Millennial Machine just made my blood fucking boil. Um, basically the long and short of it is that Republicans are hiring a shitload of millennials because progressives basically don't want to pay them. Uh, <laughs> if this gets too close to a nerve, let me know. <laughs> oh, what nerve? I've, I've been, I have been raw for eight years. I, there are no nerves. It's just bone. It's really, I'm just a skeleton that is powered by caffeine and wine. So and Blackbird Pizzeria. <laughs> oh my god, that place is so shout good. out to my fam. <laughs> um yeah, so <laughs> more numbers because I apparently really like statistics. Uh from 2008 to 2014, conservatives gave three times as much money to millennial outreach groups as progressives, uh which translates pretty much directly into people who are ready to work on campaigns, go to think tanks, uh, staff up legislative offices, and be candidates themselves. A lot of this kind of shows itself in the fact that, you know, more progressive groups don't really pay. Uh, Emily's List has a stipend of like up to 300 bucks a month, depending on your schedule. The ACLU uh, tells their applicants uh, for internships that a modest stipend may be available if the student does not receive outside funding. Meanwhile, the Charles Koch Institute has an associates program that places young professionals in conservative think tanks and pays an average of $41,000 a year. Uh, and the Leadership Institute, which is like a conservative youth organization, uh, gives their interns free housing, free food, $825 a month as a stipend, and a $200 book allowance. Who's going to win? <laughs> like, well, imagine, imagine that you are like a poor kid who is trying to get into politics to like better your neighborhood. Mm-hmm. One group is offering you like 200 bucks a month 
to live off of. The other group is giving you 825 plus a place to live and they're feeding you. Well, like there's no, there's no competition. There isn't. And I think that's, I think that is um, what the Republicans have, have learned is if if there's anything the Republicans are good at, and this is, this goes back into so many things. um, It's that the Republicans play the long game. Yes. Um, Yes. They, you know, we, we talk about, why it matters to vote for your congressperson and in your presidential elections for Democrats. Um, but we've never fully learned the lesson of like why school board races matter and, and things like that. And so I see that the Republicans are investing in millennials, but because that's because they have a deficit. Yeah. They have a huge deficit. If, if we were trailing behind in millennials, I'm sure the democratic party and progressives would be pouring funding into that. And yeah, no, 12 people are 12% of college students identify themselves as conservative right now. How and many? 12%. Oh, I thought you according, said 25. No, like, according, no, according to the article, 12% mm. of college students identify themselves as conservatives right, right now. They're pouring three times as much money into youth outreach mm-hmm. as the Democrats are. What's wrong with this fucking picture? There was a direct quote that I love. Uh, Carlos Vera, who runs a watchdog group called Pay Our Interns. Uh, the Republicans are building an army while the Democrats are still paying you in making the world a better place. I've had older people say to me, well, I did unpaid internships and I was fine. Then you ask what year that was and they say 1972. You could work your way through college back then. That's simply not the case anymore. Yeah. Like it's it's not possible to not get paid for like three months, six mm-hmm. months and just get experience unless you're you know, let's, let's call it what it is unless you're a well-off white person. Yeah. And you know, that means that well-off white people are going on to run our nonprofits, work in our legislative offices Mm -hmm. and run for office themselves. Like, and that's all that we get. Yeah. (laughs) And you know, we wonder why the democratic party as a whole has a messaging problem. It's because it starts down at the bottom like this, in my opinion. Yeah. And I'm pretty sure we're on the same page with this. <laughs> yeah. And and I think I think that's what we're going to start seeing. Um, at least when our generation starts to get a little bit older, we're going to start seeing um, a difference in demographic of the Republican Party. Yes. I feel like people will pursue, uh, at least if this trend continues, and I, and I don't honestly believe it's going to continue because um, the fight for our generation is so important. Yes. Um, and I, and I see that, yeah, because there's a deficit on the conservative side, that's who they're going to appeal to. And the the part about that is, is it doesn't even mean that they're going to raise conservative politicians. They're going to raise people that want to make a difference in their community. Um, and I do think that, you know, sometimes the Democrats and the progressives as a whole, um, maybe they do take for granted sometimes the absolute majority of millennials that are on their side yeah Um, i mean any any black woman who's listening to this show right now is like pounding on the table yeah (laughs) like saying of course they yeah (laughs) shocking (laughs) um but yeah and and my my hope is that with people like us that are active and involved is that we can kind of change that direction faster than later um because it's it's very difficult it's very difficult to go out and you know, you go and try and recruit people that you need them to help with. You need them to help with races. And you're like, but I can't really pay you because there's no funding for it. And I actually can't even say that there's no funding for it. But I think that there's just no, I don't know. It's a hard, it's a hard question to answer. But I can see this, this is part of the point, though, is that Republicans are jumping ahead of this to make this an issue. Exactly. And, and that's actually, your point is another quote from that article. Uh, a woman named Sarah Audello mm-hmm. uh, runs an organization called the Alliance for Youth Action. You can't manage contacts and track legislation with only volunteers. In some places, we're literally turning away young people who are great candidates for interns and fellows because we don't have the capacity to give them a positive experience. Yeah. Like, it's already happening that, like, you know, we don't have a place for all of these volunteers and all mm-hmm. of these people who are activated, which I, I hate that phrase, but all of these people who are excited and trying to get involved, yeah. you know, there's just, we're running out of capacity to get them involved, which is how we end up with all of these outside groups, you know, kind of yelling and screaming and banging on the walls, mm-hmm. but not necessarily the change from the inside, which then increases that sort of divide between the party and it's quote unquote base, mm-hmm. which is endlessly fucking frustrating. <laughs> 
And I'm sure mm. that, you know, as a person who is now working, trying to wrangle volunteers, that yeah. that is sort of like a little bit too real for you right now. Well, yeah. And, and it's because we're, we're trying all of these new ways to get people energized and get them ready. And yeah, it's, that is something that I do run into sometimes and yeah, it's, it's extremely difficult, but you know, I mean, I don't know. That's a hard one for me to, to kind of like think about and, and, and respond to just because, I mean, I've been there. My six month internship with the Lieutenant governor yeah. was unpaid. It was out of everyone else. I was the only one that wasn't paid well, with a small exception to someone else. Um, but like people worked for state legislators and it's like, I work in an executive branch office and I'm not paid. Um, and I wasn't fine. Like I can't sit here and be like, Oh, I was fine. I was fine because my parents would bail me out if I really needed it. Yeah. Um, yeah. And Which, I, shout out, shout out to the Cipollone family for helping me out. Shout out to like. the Cipollone family for dealing with a lot of bullshit. Um, <laughs> But like, I, like I came home every weekend. I took the train from Harrisburg to Philly to come home, and I was waiting tables every single weekend. And then I basically made enough to take the train back, plus like oh thirty God. or forty bucks to like buy groceries for the week, which honestly was just yeah. boxes of pasta. I was I was gonna say <laughs> like ramen and like a bag of carrots. <laughs> yeah, it was. And if I was feeling real fancy, because you know I got a stipend that covered one month's rent, watch out out of six. <laughs> um, yeah, like it, it's it's difficult. And you know my thing is with the people that are, have been volunteering for me and that have offered to volunteer. I'm like, okay, if I can't give you money, I need to give you something that you're going to be able to use. Yeah. And I'm not going to sit here and be like, oh, well, it's all these hard skills. Yeah, these skills are great, but I need to give you connections. So, like, my thing is, you know, I have people that are going to be helping me. And I'm like, look, when I have to go to an event and meet a state rep, I want you to meet them. I want them to know who you are so that when you're out of college, you immediately have a contact where you can be like, I need a job. Like, I yeah. want to guarantee that. I don't want to tell you any false things to get you on my side. Yeah. Because I've been through it. And, and, that ties back into my thing about earlier, like being real with other people really helps, especially in Delco. So, yeah. Yeah. And I think that, you know, one thing about Delco is they can sniff out bullshit in a fucking second. <laughs> That's why I don't have any. Mm -mm. I'm, I'm open and transparent. We do not trade in bullshit here. That's why I'm on a podcast tongue popping and saying happy pride every other three minutes. Cause just in case you didn't realize I was gay. Um, we established that on the first episode, I think. We established that long before. <laughs> um, but yeah, and that's, and that's, you know, to go back to your point about, like, the, the fact that you were the only person in your office who didn't have, like, any kind of stipend or something like that, you know, a lot of people just don't offer paid internships or things like mm -hmm. that. Um, but the disparity, again, is insane. Um, I think that that pay our interns group... Uh, looked at the U.S. Senate and the U.S. House, uh, and they found that, like, half of Republican senators have paid internships for people, mm -hmm. and less than a third of Democratic senators do. Um, and again, all of the Democratic sort of, like, outside groups that do have, um, do have internships, mm -hmm. like all of the think tanks, all of the organizations, uh, if they do pay, they pay way less, which, you know, is not is not bringing in the best and brightest it's you know leaving them to like the indivisible groups and groups like reclaim and things like that where frankly you know even for all the great work those groups are doing they could be throwing their weight around inside the party mm -hmm. if only they could support themselves and pay their rent and feed themselves while they were doing it yeah um, and one of the things that i do um like about what the coordinated is doing is that we are trying to find supporter housing. And, um, I was like, yo, can I get some of that? Um, <laughs> can I, can I move out of my house for free? Um, but yeah, because it's politics and the time that we are in, it's not the same as it used to be. Definitely. And you know, you can have supporter housing, but you might not be able to feed yourself. And the, Shit. people with people with full-time jobs can't yeah. have to choose between their rent or food like yeah and, and, and that's and that's the thing it's like and if people are going to really dedicate their time especially to help a message they need that and, and i do think that the that as a whole the party is is kind of coming back around to that and they're like okay we have tons of millennials because i think the i think the storyline for a while has been like 
you know, when, when you go out to grab volunteers, people, the first group of people everyone says to like go to is like contact the 08 Obama volunteers. The 08 Obama vol- volunteers are like what? 12 years since yeah it's been 10, 10 it's 10 been 10, 10 11 years yeah. since those people were and a lot of them are still involved a lot of them have more pressing shit going on like well and, and yeah and, and and a lot of them also you know if they're working you know they might have money it, it, it's not the same situation as it used to be exactly 2008 and 2018 are two completely different monsters and oh god yes yeah and 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 I think expecting people to volunteer and sacrifice tons of time for, you know, free is, is crazy. And, and the party, I think as a whole is, is finally coming around to it, but that's the thing. The Democrats have never had to do this. We have had volunteers for days and the fact that Republicans are jumping on top of it now, it's, it's, it's twofold. They need it, but also it'll make it makes democrats look bad if the republicans are doing it better so it's kind of like a game that's going to force the democrats to catch up Um, and number three it's helping them build a bench there was a statistic that i think the average u.s congress person on the republican side is four years younger than the average uh congress person on the democratic side mm -hmm. because they're doing this work and they're building you know they're catching people right out of college even if there are fewer of them they're doing a better job of catching them and retaining them because they're allowing them to, you know, pursue this as a career mm. from an earlier age instead of having to make people, you know, come home and wait tables on the weekends. Yeah. Um, yeah. It has only galvanized me personally. <laughs> I mean, let the hate flow through you, but like... Let the hate flow through you. Um, you know, in the article, basically, they, they blame sort of not just like the donor system structure, but mm-hmm. the entire structure of like the conservative and the liberal mentality. Mm-hmm. Conservatives are much more comfortable with like a top down structure. Mm-hmm. So they have just a couple of sort of funding streams telling them we're going to put our money here, here and here. Mm-hmm. And that's what it's going to be. And they have people give a shitload of money to just those couple of focused things with uh, the liberals and progressives. They tend to give smaller amounts uh, to like much larger uh, sort of swaths of the the landscape. They mm-hmm. tend to pick issues that matter to them personally, and they tend to give smaller amounts of money to like 10 different uh, groups instead of giving a shitload of money to two different groups. Mm. Um, which, you know, is just, I don't know that that's a thing that we would even want to change necessarily where we turn the Republic, where we turn the democratic party into like a mirror of the Republicans where it's some, you know, one guy with a fucking you know with a lobster and a cigar just fucking screaming this is how it's gonna be and there's no choice the old 1920s political cartoon exactly like it's literally john rockefeller or something just like well and 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 that's and i think that's the that's that's what's fascinating about being involved in politics is you know both parties kind of have to keep up with each other and it's as it gets more polarized you see it's 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 just it's insane to watch um but at the end of the day it's like a lot of corporations back both parties and yeah. you know whatever yeah. but uh no it, it's it's fascinating is the polarization something that you even think needs to be eliminated i waffle on this personally the polarization i do and i don't at the same time i do no, no, no. I should stress that I do like 99%. Um, I do think the polarization needs to stop be, or end or be ended um, because we have convinced each other that we are like monsters to each other. Like, you know, if I go up to someone like, oh, I'm a registered Republican, even for me as a bias, the things that flash before my head are like, they're racist, they're homophobic, they're, and it's because that's what I've been cultured to believe. And the same thing with with Democrats, it, you know, if a Republican goes up to a Democrat, they're like a oh, baby killer, you know, all, all of the names. Yeah, exactly. Um, and the thing at the end of the day is that, I mean, I mean, no, that's, that's way too radical. <laughs> <laughs> um, there's a George Washington quote um, that I think will express my opinions. And I'm just going to say George Washington at one point in time um, said that political parties would be the end of our democracy. While I say that, the reason that I still remain a Democrat is because 
my decision is completely clear. And I mean, what I believe in and what I fight for aligns with that. Yeah. And I, I think, but I think that's exactly why there's polarization. I mean, there's so many people that are like, oh, I'm only Republican because I don't believe in, like, for example, if like, I don't believe in abortion. Okay, but do you believe in birth control and like everything else that we can help prevent abortions like yeah. in your mind? And they're like, oh, well, yeah. And I'm like, okay, well, then that's an issue we can all work on together. <laughs> you got the you got the last of that, right? <laughs> <laughs> you have and way too many cold opens. We floated the keg. Hey, <laughs> kegs tapped out. Um, A lot of editing, but um. I don't even remember where we were, where we went. So, I mean, (laughs) uh, in the end, yeah, at the very end, I think that um, to sum everything up, both parties are now playing a game of who can get ahead fastest because in the era of a Trump presidency, I want to, it feels like both parties have abandoned the president and the executive branch of the government. And now it's kind of like who can be the best as a party. And it's, everyone is jumping to be, five steps ahead of each other. Yeah. So anything Republicans can do and anything Democrats can do to be better than the other, they're going to just do anyway. Um, and I that, mean, that's kind of when one of, when one of them is not good, like morally, that's at least a decent starting point, but you know, it's all subjective. The messaging war is unfortunately a real thing and like something that we need to be concerned about. I mean, um, personally, my favorite color is blue. I like elephants, though, so I'm so conflicted over the party I should be in. I'm like, why can't the Democrats be like a blue elephant? (laughs) We saw the weirdest donkey when uh, my wife and I were in Italy, so, like, I'm good. (laughs) Um, But, yeah, so basically, you know, go to payourinterns.com and see what they're doing so that we can actually give, like, people who aren't fucking cishet white men a chance at joining government and getting experience and making those contacts all right it is time for everybody's least favorite part of anything ever what did millennials kill this week uh (laughs) this week we've got a uh we've got a special shout out to all of our uh generation z our younger listeners uh because it's your turn now ha 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 fuck you you're getting pulled in on it too (laughs) there was a business insider article uh titled generation z are killing facebook Thank you. <laughs> How else am I supposed to communicate, Gen Z? <laughs> if Gen Z killed Facebook, yeah. who killed my How am I supposed to know what my mom is angry about right now? Yeah, like, does that mean that we're done killing industries? Have we... Oh, not by a long shot. <laughs> have we decimated the but industries? Basically, it's a Business Insider article uh, saying that, um, you know, Snapchat, Instagram, all that stuff are... Uh, you know, gaining market share and Facebook is kind of falling by the wayside since all of our mothers decided to join it. Um, and then the story goes on to talk about, you know, a bunch of other businesses that are likely to struggle once these teens come of age. I'm going to go back to a point that's been made a million times. Maybe like all of these things that are dying are shitty to begin with. (laughs) And like, we shouldn't be sad about them dying. How do you feel knowing that it's not your fault anymore? It's still <laughs> the, our fault somehow. The world has passed you by, Pasquale. <laughs> Thank God. <laughs> the world has passed me by for now the past 1,000 years. Now I can sleep. Um, finally, I can rest now that my serial killer uh, tendencies with industries are over and I can pass this baton to Gen Z. Um, you know, every I really think that generations killing an industry is an easy way for industries to say we're out of ideas and we can't do anything anymore because we had one idea we ran with it and ran it into the ground we couldn't adapt to the market so therefore we're we're gonna blame we're gonna blame capitalism's founding principle on the kids (laughs) exactly (laughs) when with any other industry we'd be like oh that's how the free market works but no now it's you know I mean, I'm still hung up on millennials killing Applebee's like that to me. It's just, <laughs> we didn't kill it. The $1 margaritas did. All right, everybody. The $1 drinks. Um, you should have seen that coming. 
Yeah, come on, you should. <laughs> With someone like me, you should have seen that that was gonna. <laughs> I alone have tanked. You know what industry millennials are not killing and one hundred percent supporting mm. the Taco Bell industry. Yo, true. Taco Bell's still doing fantastic, and that's. But this is. But no, but like you. Real talk, though, you, you can see it with some fast food places and, and with like food markets, like, uh, for example, locally here, Giant was on top of the ball with vegetarian and vegan shit yeah. years before Acme. Mm-hmm. Did millennials kill Giant or did millennials kill Acme? No, no. It's just some organizations have adapted to trends faster and more efficiently than others. And yeah, Facebook, it was only a matter of time. Facebook was started as like a way to find your college roommates and shit. Like yeah. it was it never was... meant to be this big social thing. I just watched the movie, the social network, not yeah. that long ago. It was literally like, Hey, here's a person I would like to sleep with. Like, where do they live? Yeah. It was Tinder on the, in, like on, yeah. on a computer. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, It was, it was Tinder before smartphones. Yeah. And I, I just, I don't know. I mean, it's just so frustrating that, Instead of, and this is an accountability issue. It's, you know, I just, I don't know. Like the whole idea of like millennials are killing beer and everything. It's like, well, no, millennials are not killing beer. Um, I don't know why. I mean, it's just so frustrating. Well, Oh, yeah, I'm. Ooh, <laughs> I, I have a lot of feelings. Uncork it, man. Uncork it. <laughs> you, we were, we're a couple glasses we're, of wine. We're, in. we're getting there. I just, yeah, no. Millennials killing industries is is completely a a bullshit thing. And 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 now we're passing the baton to Gen Z. And and to Gen Z, I didn't even know that's what we were calling it. I thought that was like yeah. the post tech. Born before, born between 1995 and 2010, approximately. What? is generation z so basically the high school and college kids now well you're you're on the cusp aren't you (laughs) no i'm I'm 92 okay so you're yeah (laughs) i'm i'm still whatever a millennial or whatever um no but i mean you know okay so i guess what's next someone's gonna say like millennials killed blank or millennials killed department stores that's my favorite yeah we millennials did not invent amazon and millennials are not the only ones that use amazon and by fucking far i mean it's just no i think what is happening is we are experiencing a time of technological growth and everything is about efficiency and us having to do less work and getting more reward and now the the solution to things that have been longtime favorites like i'm sorry when's the last time you've been to a boscov's <laughs> um probably when i was in high school shopping for a fucking backpack i know exactly the last time <laughs> i'm like looking at my ring i'm like i know exactly <laughs> the last time the last time i was in a boscovs because every time i'm in a boscovs i don't look down i look at the ceiling because it's all mirrors and i don't need to look where i'm going because i have a reflective surface to look down to <laughs> and i'm usually following my mother um but i mean like the last time i was in a boscovs was god when the Granite Run Mall was still oh, way long, actually, before the Granite Run Mall got knocked Dang. down. But, I mean, like, JCPenney's and... Not JCPenney's, it's a shoe store. Sears. Sears. These big department stores are not falling because of millennials. They're failing because we have things like Target and Walmart. And yeah, because they haven't adapted in, like, 30 years plus. Yes. I The last time I heard someone say, I need to buy a dishwasher, I'm going to Sears, was, like... 1960 something no that's yeah. you know the last time the last time i the last time i intentionally went to sears was before they stopped replacing all of their like hand tools for life yeah like, <laughs> like so so to say i mean to say a, a generation is killing things i guess they just ran out of ways to blame millennials and they realized millennials use facebook but in the in the grand scheme of things it is 2018 we are going to soon find a way to replace facebook yeah. And I mean, there's already shit coming up. That was actually part of how they're killing Facebook. Uh, because Gen Zers, uh, that sounds fucking atrocious. We're going to change Gen that. Zers. <laughs> because they're individualistic and value their privacy, they prefer anonymous social media like Snapchat, Secret, and Whisper rather than Facebook. As someone who just went back over my hideously oversharing um, live journal <laughs> from 2003, <laughs> uh, I, I get the appeal of anonymous sharing. Um, that was a weird night. But... Um, you know, it's it's not necessarily 
it's it, the phrasing of oh they're killing this mm-hmm. is fucking asinine because no it's just the natural change in progression and like you know the market changes like that's that's literally like late stage capitalism mm-hmm. where like <laughs> not the mar- the market should not be dictating to the consumer what they want no and and I, and I really, and I do, I do think that's genuinely what it is, is, is everybody talks and, and jokes about these things where it's like late stage capitalism and, and, and to, to define, I guess what that kind of means is like, we, we've seen it across the board and it's not a lack of innovation, but it's just the same shit does not sell forever. And in a capitalistic economy, um, if that's a word, um, in a capitalist economy, um, things that don't work don't last. And I mean, we can sit here and, and say like, you know, someone's killing Facebook. It's not that Facebook is being brutally murdered or dragged out behind a dumpster and shot in a ditch. It's that there's been a new way to do things. And, and especially with this outbreak of Facebook being very loose with data, like Ooh, yeah. people are very skeptical about that, especially younger generations. Like, yeah. Can't imagine why people are jumping ship. Like, <laughs> and it's the same thing. It's the same thing with like why a lot of people are, are abandoning Snapchat. Like we have been unknowingly doing facial recognition shit with our own permission for a long time. And people aren't abandoning Snapchat to kill it. Like it's just, it's no longer relevant. It is increasingly less relevant to the time. And I mean, you know, I don't know if you watch black mirror soon, we're going to have the star points because China already has it. The patriotism. <laughs> yeah. Points. Yeah. Oh God. You know, we're, we're going to get there. We're going to move on to things. And yeah, no, uh, this whole millennial Gen Z, whoever's after Gen Z and after them, <laughs> And I'm reading down this list, the art, the Business Insider article, you know, that should tell you Business Insider, that yeah. should tell you their point of view. There's a list of eight other industries that they're killing, and at least three or four of them are things that millennials have also been accused of killing. Um, so, you know, make up your fucking minds. Like, yeah. <laughs> I don't care, you know, if I'm going to be if I'm going to be a murderer and I'm going to be happy about it, you know, just let me fucking do it. And, you know, one, the first thing on the list is Ralph Lauren, Sperry, and other preppy brands. Like, go fuck yourself. <laughs> like, <laughs> I, you don't need Ralph Lauren when Targo just yeah. went Targo. You yeah. don't need Ralph Lauren when yeah. Target just came out with Goodfellow for $5 for a t-shirt. Like, you know, I've got one of those fucking <laughs> button downs and it fits me better than literally any shirt that mm-hmm. I own. And like, I don't need like Vineyard Vines. Your, your, your entire fucking aesthetic is look at how rich I am. Like, maybe that's what's killing it instead of just like, oh, the fucking the fucking youth of today don't know, well, don't don't know good style. I can't wait until it's like millennials millennials are killing uh yachts and croquet and yeah and 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 cricket and like no it's just no it's just no longer relevant in a in in society millennials are killing the model t (laughs) like (laughs) fuck off we did we shot it we shot the electric car in the face took it out back oh god okay so yeah gen z welcome you know you're after the first kill the second one is easy <laughs> um, after your first you never get enough <laughs> i don't know why i always have a southern accent when i do that i mean because it's legitimately <laughs> creepier 100 <laughs> percent. all right so before we land this shit plane uh since self-care is important let's talk about something that we've enjoyed that has absolutely nothing to do with politics or news what you got what do I have? Well, self-care that doesn't involve politics. Sure. I actually have to say a self-care that does involve politics is, is genuinely this job. Um, this makes me a little bit happy, even though it's for me, it's a little stressful because this is my first time doing something like this, but um, self-care that is not politics. Well, it is currently June 1st. It is the first of pride. You know, because Pride lasts. You'd mentioned for, that a couple times. Did I do know it's the first of Pride? Um, <laughs> it never sounds the way it's supposed to over. It comes out over quarter. Um, for me, there's a few things, but mm, no, no. Currently, there's one. 
Oh, no, there's two things. My self-care. There are multiple things. But the two things I have to mention is I just discovered it was unbeknownst to me that the Jersey Shore cast had reunited in Miami to film a family vacation season. Oh, my God. But I can't stop watching. (laughs) It is so... No, the situation... Is it all of them? It's well, it's all of them except for Sammy Sweetheart, okay. and I'm devastated because I want Sammy to be back, but she's doing her best and she doesn't want to be back. But like the it's just so Italian because like everyone feels bad for the situation, and I'm like, he committed tax fraud. Like whatever happens, happens, and they're like, I'm just terrified he's gonna go to jail, and I'm like, wow, this is my like Italian family here. They're like, oh my god, he murdered somebody. I can't believe he's about to go to jail. I'm yeah, so we've upset. All, we've all got the cousin that was facing time. Like. Oh, cousins, um, <laughs> la familia. Um, but yeah, the Jersey Shore reunion is totally something I watch as part of my self-care. Um, and the other thing, the other show, I mean, RuPaul's Drag Race is about to crown their season, what, 11? No, 10. Their season 10 winner. And it is insane. Like we are, it's June 1st, I think. I don't know when it's going to be. Next Thursday, basically, from June 1st. Um mm. June 6th, I would guess, because it's Friday. Um, Yeah, we're about to have a a new reigning drag queen for a year who presides over all of gaydom internationally, (laughs) LGBTQ-dom. Are there any official, like, events or duties that the the winner gets to do? Um, So RuPaul comes down and has a... a, um, Have you ever seen Men in Black? I have. Okay. So RuPaul comes down and hands over this staff and the diamond in the staff is our galaxy <laughs> <laughs> much like it was around the cat's neck in men in black oh. it's at the end of a drag queen's uh staff um or sometimes it's the jewel in her crown um i need to fucking watch this show drag race miss vangie <laughs> you'll get that when you watch this season vangie um yeah it's for me it is just insane because I started watching Drag Race like in secret, 11 p.m. My parents are in bed. Logo was a channel that like just came on. Lady Gaga was just some weird chick with shoulder pads at that point, <laughs> you know, singing disco stick and shit. And now like Drag Race is a staple of the community, and it's just to watch over the past decade how everything has gone. Like it's increasingly more important, and yeah. I say that and it's all like this inspirational LGBTQ speech. And then I'm like, I'm watching Jersey Shore because I want to see Ronnie punch somebody <laughs> at a bar in Miami. <laughs> I mean, whatever. It's the sacred and the profane. Like. Exactly. I need a little bit of like, you know, some spiritual healing and then some whatever that is. <laughs> some Jersey Shore realness. The absolute base the of absolute humanity. worst. <laughs> I gotta be honest, I saw they like body painted on this one episode, the the (laughs) Italian flag, and I was like, oh, that looks like a great tattoo idea, and then I sat there and looked at my reflection in the TV when it went black, and I was like, who is that? That's the most Delco shit I've ever heard, dude. I'm still thinking about it, I'm still thinking about it. I'm like, do I get the tattoo with like a bull, like in front of an Italian flag? Do I? Maybe. If you start wearing the horn on your fucking neck, I'm I'm done. The only reason I don't have a horn is because I want to go to an appropriate Italian jeweler for that. Emphasis on the hand motions I'm making currently. (laughs) I ain't ordering off of Amazon. They in Italian. (laughs) I mean, somebody there probably is, but point taken. (laughs) In the notes, only Italians can handle this. Oh, what a fucking mess. <laughs> I stand it's by beautiful. everything I just said. <laughs> As you should. <laughs> All right. <laughs> and just to, to go to the absolute opposite end of the spectrum, uh, the thing I've been appreciating is sad white boy music. Um, <laughs> like, Define. There's a, there's a band called Maritime. Um, they are very good. Uh, I was a fan of a band back in the nineties called the promise ring who were like emo back before that meant like dudes with weird fucking hair. Um, it's seen, it's seen yeah, now. Exactly. It was emo, but, uh, like, like the Midwest emo where it was basically like fucking, you know, still songs about like the girl who doesn't like you, but like 
dudes from like Kansas singing it. Um, but anyway, uh, there's a band called the promise ring who I really liked. Uh, and then the singer from that band who can only kind of sing, uh, started a band called maritime who are really fucking good. It's like, you know, kind of like vaguely jangly indie rock stuff. Um, they had an album that came out a couple years ago called magnetic bodies, maps of bones, um, that I've been listening to like nonstop. And if you're like, you know, a white dude from the suburbs, it speaks to you on a very base level. Um, there's just enough kind of like melodic, pretty sort of like twinkly guitars. And there's just enough like distortion pedals to make it like super interesting. Um, and these guys put on a really good live show and, you know, I just, I, I enjoy it even though it's like, it's the kind of music that's kind of vaguely depressing, but at the same time, like makes you think, okay, it's going to be all right eventually. Um, which is, which is something I really appreciate, but that's where I've been. Um, I mean, it's, it's no AFI. Davey Havoc. I was listening to Butterfly on the oh way over my here. God, dude. And I was like, it's, jamming out the 90s. It's been a while since I've been down that road, but I've been down that road. I've been down. <laughs> I built the road. <laughs> All right. So I'm glad there's stuff that we've been enjoying. Stuff that uh, hopefully you out there will want to enjoy. Um, Delco Young Democast at the Philly Podcast Festival. Once again, we need to really start flogging this on social media. But uh, Sunday, June 24th, 4 p.m. at Tattooed Mom, which is 530 South Street in Philly. Uh, we're going to be recording a live episode. Uh, we're going to keep it to an hour, I swear. <laughs> this was kind of our practice run at, like, can we make an episode of less than an hour? Um, and we're not going to be less, but... <laughs> it's going to be at a bar. <laughs> I'm trying to take Bethaloy's uh, advice and make the episodes shorter. <laughs> she cutting. did say that, though, we're didn't she? We're cutting that. <laughs> no, I mean, I, no, I would honestly love to have Bethaloy's on. I think I would. that would be really interesting. I would. I have wanted since the show started to have people that we personally, as young Dems and from a generation of politics, were not related to, yeah. to be on the show. And I just I feel like we would scare people. <laughs> so <laughs> I, like I would sit here in like a suit and tie and just be like, you, in this weather, I'm ahead. not wearing a fucking suit oh, and tie, please. dude. <laughs> I'll get a tank top that looks like we're, a suit. We're both sitting here fucking sweating. I'll get like one of those t-shirts that's printed like a tuxedo. Mm-hmm. A tank top printed like a tuxedo. <laughs> yes. I might body paint a tuxedo I can't, on. I can't pull off tank tops. You can. <laughs> no but, one can pull off a tank top. Let's make that perfectly clear. <laughs> if I, you want to see us try to pull off tank tops, uh, come June to the Philly 24th, Pod- Philly Podcast <laughs> Festival. <laughs> we really need to get Young Democast. Yo, <sighs> yo, young yo. Democast tank tops. <laughs> I'm about it. My wife actually mocked up for her uh, design portfolio. She mocked up coffee mugs where it's pr- they have printed on the bottom, Millennials Killed This Drink. <laughs> oh, Millennials Killed This Fabric. <laughs> yes. Done. Millennials Killed Cotton or something. Done. All right. We're also going to have a uh, Young Dems membership meeting June 12th. Uh, check our social media for uh, time and location. We're still hammering out the details. We're trying to do this thing where we kind of rove around for every meeting every month just to kind of bring in new folks who maybe haven't been able to make it to a meeting because it's been too far from where they live. So we're trying to kind of move around the county a little bit and kind of get more people involved and build the base, as it were. Uh, so yeah, check all that stuff out. You can find all of it on our social media at Facebook. We're at Delco Young Democast on Twitter. We're at DY Democast and, uh, yeah, we'll have a bunch more information over there for you. Uh, I want to shout out the band Tin Mouth for letting us use their song Generation to Generation as the theme song for our show. I want to thank Pasquale for hanging out. I want to thank Wine for existing. Yeah, where's that, where'd that bottle go? I know it was empty, but I want to see it. <laughs> and uh, most of all, I want to thank all you guys out there for listening. It has been awesome, and we will catch you next time. Take care.